Hello, welcome back to the WTOC Sports Podcast. I'm our sports director, Lindsey Goff. Thanks for joining us for another week. And it was a wild weekend of college football. I don't know if you were watching on our air Saturday night. Uh, down goes number one Alabama to an unranked Texas A&M team. And it's uh, caused some havoc, I guess, in the top 25 polls. But most notably for our listeners, Georgia, now number one in the AP Top 25. It was a unanimous vote. Um, So, yeah, the the dogs are number one. On Saturday, when they were still number two, they went on the road to then number 18, Auburn, and got a 34-10 win to move to 6-0 on the season. They've got three wins over top 20 teams. Stetson Bennett was 14 of 21, passing for 231 yards and two touchdowns. Zamir White had 18 carries for 79 yards and two touchdowns. And that Georgia defense, though they had their first rushing touchdown of the year scored on them, they had four sacks and six tackles for loss. On the Auburn side, Georgia transfer and former Savannah Christian Raider Demetrius Robertson led Auburn in receiving four catches for 59 yards. Here's head coach Kirby Smart and uh, Stetson Bennett following that win. Well, uh, what a tough environment to play in. Give a lot of credit to Auburn, their fans. They've created an electric environment. And uh, for a lot of our players, I mean, probably over 50%, I would even say more than 50% of the guys that are playing, they've never played in a road environment in that. You know, two of our DNA traits are composure and toughness. And I thought never has that been more evident than today. Composure and toughness. And uh, the men in that locker room never doubt, never question each other. A really physical game, guys. You know, that was a really physical game. And now we've had two of those really physical games back-to-back. I told you we were beat up coming into it, and uh, we're probably more beat up coming out of it. But I'm proud of the way the guys competed, man. Golly, just a lot of toughness showed through in that game. Taylor tip towers first, followed by Logan Booker. Coach, uh, you, you, you can't talk about this team without uh, realizing that you're doing this without your quote-unquote starting quarterback. Uh, can you just talk about the way Stetson continues to come through and just kind of how that plays in the whole mindset that you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, composure and toughness uh, regardless of who's on the field, whether it's uh, Lad McConkey or somebody else at wide receiver? Yeah, it's next man up mentality. That's what we talked about all week. It's going to be next man up, no matter who's in. Uh, we got a lot of guys hurt and beat up, including the quarterback. And, you know, we hope he's getting better. We feel like he's getting better. But, you know, Stetson played a hell of a game. Stetson made plays with his feet. You know, you go back to that game and there's, I don't know, one, two, three, probably four really big plates in the game that he makes with his uh, athleticism. And uh, that's a dynamic that he brings that it forces them to defend us uh, different ways. And, you know, guys, I, I don't know how you feel. I don't really read what anybody writes, but he played really well, too, last year. Okay, He did some good things last year. And I don't think people give him enough credit for that, that you know, this was his first opportunity to come into this environment and uh, play Georgia brand of football. And he made a lot of plays, man. He, he, he hit the guys that were open and, and uh, helped us in the second half by doing a lot of run checks. Really proud of the way Stetson's led the team and played. And our players, I'm telling you, they believe in whoever's back there. Coach, are you able to give any updates on Jamari or anybody else? You mentioned you're more banged up than, than you were coming into the game. Yeah, I mean, we lost Chris 
to a shoulder, and he, he I don't know, he, he, at times he thought he could come back. He put his pads back on and he took them off, and uh, he's got a shoulder injury, but we don't we don't know if he'll be back yet or not. Don't know how, I mean, we probably won't know until midweek next week. Jamari thought he could play on it. It was, a, I think it was an ankle, and um, he thought he could go on it, but we felt like Roderick was playing well. Uh, but again, I don't know. I think we'll have to see those guys Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to really know. There's no definites, you know. We're, we're, we got a lot of guys out, guys. I mean, just look down the list. You saw the guys today that didn't play. Let's go to Mark Weiser, followed by Dean Leggett. You're talking about toughness with Stetson, obviously, took a shot there on the targeting. And I want to ask you about his kind of his play action fakes, uh, how effective they are to be on the passing game today, especially. Yeah, the play-action shots, I thought Munkin did a great job calling the game, um, tying the run game to the play-action. And the play-actions only work, you know, if you you got guys that can run and you got a, a run game that's working. So the better the run game is, obviously the play-action shots work. And I uh, thought there were some very timely calls there uh, to get some explosives, and uh, a lot of young players stepped up. Look, I, I had no idea if you had told me we were coming into Auburn this year six months ago and we would have had uh, Ladd and uh, A.D. Mitchell you know, playing our X and Z. Uh, who, who would have thought that? Kirby, can you talk about, uh, or just Stetson's ability to keep the ball in run? Um, how does that change the offense for y'all? Well, it makes a, a 11th, they have to defend the 11th guy. We saw it with Bo Nix, you know, there's three or four third downs that we thought we had him covered great, and he scrambles and makes a play with his legs, and that's what Stetson's able to do. Um, he's not maybe as elusive as Bo, but he's a really good athlete, and uh, he makes plays with his leg. He's able to pull the ball on his own reads. He makes you defend the whole 53 yards. And, uh, you know, we've always felt like this is a really good player. So it wasn't like anybody didn't think he was good. He was, he was playing well last year. Let's go to Anthony Dasher, followed by Alex Scarborough. Hey, Coach, uh, I know you talk about, you know, wanting his team to be on a trajectory and that sort of a thing. But I was wondering from an offensive perspective, you know, when it comes to trajectory, kind of where do you think that it is as whole? And again, like you said, this team is missing a lot of us weapons. And just one quick thing on that about Kenny McIntosh, why he didn't play today. Yeah, Kenny tried to play. He uh, he had a hamstring tight that was bothering him on Thursday, and uh, he warmed up. We thought he was going to be able to go. Uh, he wasn't able to go 100%. I think he, he tried to cover a couple punts. Didn't feel comfortable putting him back there in KOR, and uh, just could, he couldn't go. And another guy down, you know, along with Jermaine Burton. So it's it's just it's tough. Uh, but as far as the trajectory of the offense, is next man up. You know, I, I can't. I mean, our offense has been so different every week in terms of who's available and our offensive staff is uh, using uh, the weapons we have and uh, thankful that we have enough guys still healthy uh, that we can have uh, a functioning, good, explosive offense. And all you can do is take the guys that are healthy and go, go play with them and it's next man up. I thought those guys stepped up today. Alex, you there? Okay, we'll go to Mike Griffith, followed by Jet May. Uh, yeah, Kirk, you talked about next man up. I think you said you had an exodus of eight DBs. Uh, Tyke's not back. I guess that's nine. Smith's down ten, and, and yet the secondary uh, holds strong. Can you just talk about the players back there and uh, Dan, Dan coming in and, and playing that safety spot when, uh, when Christopher went out? 
Yeah, you know, Taki is is there. Taki played today. I don't know if you noticed. He got in. He played on kickoff, and he played uh, a few snaps on defense. Uh, when Lewis went out, we had to move Brittany to safety and Taki to star. Um, but Taki's getting better. Like, he, he's almost there. Uh, but he's also – he plays the same spot, Brenny. He's got to, you know, he's got to outperform Brenny, and he's got to uh, play there to get in a rotation, and that's a good competition. But, you know, moving forward, we're probably going to have to get some more reps of those guys at safety and Bullard as well. And uh, good thing is we've been coaching those guys to to be position diverse. They can play star and safety. Uh, you know, we're hurting at corner too. Nobody's mentioned it, but Amir Speed was injured and not here, and uh, he's a starter on four special teams. So between Amir Speed, Jermaine Burton, uh, Jamar Seller, uh, all those guys, Kenny McIntosh, it's just a long list. And what we're going to do is figure out what our best players can do and uh, let them function and go play uh, best brand of football we can. Burby, it seemed like your defense played really well in the red zone today, you know, holding over to field goals, got to stop right before halftime. Just how much do y'all emphasize that in practice and I guess – you know, in your opinion, is that one of the true signs of a good defense that, you know, they're able to bend but not break, I guess? Well, uh, first of all, I think Auburn did a tremendous job offensively. They, 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 they moved the tempo. They were very patient with the run game. You know, they didn't just abort the run game. Uh, when you don't get an early lead, it makes a team able to be patient. And they would gotten a lot more third and I would say, one to five, one to six. And that, that's harder. Those are harder when you got an athletic quarterback and take off running. But we did have some stops in the area that were huge. Uh, we emphasize that every week. Uh, we brag on our players. We, we post what they're ranked in the in the red area. It's a big pride thing for them to be be really good in the red area, and that that paid off extremely well today. Coach Schumann and Dan do a tremendous job of uh, giving a red area report to our players, and I thought that paid off in this game. Let's go to Seth Emerson, followed by John Zinnard. Um Kirby, first off, I'm sorry but, uh, if you said it, but what does Burton have? And second, just on the injuries, should people be impressed by what you all have done despite the injuries or worried about the catching up? Worried about what? I didn't hear the end of that. Worried about? Worried, worried about the injuries basically catching up to you if you don't get enough important guys back. I, I really don't know what people should be. <laughs> I, I know that for me as the coach, I'm not thinking about what everybody thinks about the injuries. I'm thinking about what we can do to get the pl guy players we have in the best place to be successful. That's what coaches do, right? They take what they have and what they have healthy and they go. Um, these aren't injuries that are occurring because, you know, we're banging in practice. That's not that's not the case. Some of these are soft tissue injuries. Uh, Jermaine's is a, a growing uh, that affected him, I think, started bothering him Tuesday. And, Hey, it's just a cumulative effect at receiver. We, we've done less receiver work than ever because we, we lost three receivers in the transfer portal, you know, and it's like we got George down, then we got Dom down, and then what happens is the cumulative effect starts getting the other guys, and we've had to cut back. We track their yardages. Uh, we do everything we can to help them, but I'll say this, the ones that are healthy, they work hard, they compete, um, and I'm proud of the way that that receiver room has responded. He's been able to develop throughout the season and obviously had a really big game today. Could you just elaborate a little bit more on what you saw from Vlad and how pleased you are with him and that's offense so far? 
When I saw from Lad today, or you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, today. Yeah, I saw a, a heart of a warrior. You know, I sat in that young man's home, and uh, you know, he didn't have one power five offer, and he he wanted to play big time football, and all he did was make catches, punt return, make plays, and it's not his fault who he goes against. Watched him play basketball one night and said, I want this guy on my team. And uh, his parents were uh, wonderful people and jumped all over the opportunity to come play at Georgia. And I think any player on your team will tell, any player on our team will tell you that McConkey outworks every guy out there. And he plays with physical toughness at 184 pounds. And today, you know, he, he, he made some plays. He made plays in the vertical passing game and I'm really proud of him. And uh, he moved positions. He didn't play the slot today. He played Z. And uh, I thought that was a tremendous job by our coaches and by a young man that, that is everything right about college football. This guy wants to win for Georgia. And the more guys you get like that on your team, Dan Jackson's another one that cares about it. Warren McClendon cares about it. They care about this university, and you see it the way they play. Hey, Kermit, maybe too soon to determine this, but do you guys think you were elite today? You know, elite can be a loose term. I thought that we were elite at times. I never used the term that we're elite. We didn't force turnovers enough to be elite, you know what I mean? And uh, I thought offensively we made, I'd have to see the stats, but I thought we made some explosives at the right time. Um, what we were, we were elite toughness, and we were elite composure. You know, Nolan Smith, who's one of our leaders, had a bonehead penalty, and I told him, wipe it up, fold it up, throw it away, let it go, it's over, go play. And uh, we can't have those on the road. We'll learn from that. We'll learn from that. But there's a lot of opportunities our players had to have bad composure or lose energy, and they didn't do that. Got time for one more question, and we'll go to Palmer Tomes. Hey, Kirby, you give up 46 yards rushing today, 272 through the air. How much do you think teams are trying to get the ball to the outside rather than try and push it up the middle against your front seven? Well, that's a little misleading, Palmer. I don't know if you know how they do the stats, but they take out the sacks. So with four sacks and Bonex going back, they ran the ball better than the numbers indicate. You know, we don't look at numbers on rush with the pass stats in. We look at numbers on the rush with the rush. And I don't know what it'll show, but they ran the ball better than some teams against us, okay? And that's important to be able to shut that down. And that made the third in uh, shorts and mediums because I thought Bobo and Will Friend did a good job keeping them out of the third longs. Uh, and that's critical. So teams will take shots on us, obviously, because you got the big guys inside. But they did, they did run the ball a little more efficiently than the numbers indicate. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, especially going into their end zone um, with the uh, with the student section all over there. I mean, it was so loud. Um, I think we did a great job. Uh, didn't have any false starts. Um, didn't have to call any timeouts um, because of substitution or anything like that. I think we did a great job during the week um, repping. Um, repping like crowd noise in the indoor, blaring, blaring music, making sure that we communicated well. And, it, I mean, it helps whenever our defense is so suffocated and they can't really get any momentum on offense and keep the crowd out of it. Stetson, I got two questions for you. One, I got to ask, you know, considering you're just a floating head right now, it seems like you had a lot of success on the field. Just um, what allowed that, do you think? Yeah, I know this is kind of tripping me out. Um, <laughs> but, uh... No, I think it was just the, just the head down and focus that we, the whole team had uh, this whole week. I mean, anytime you come over here and play this team, um, it's a, I mean, it's a, free, it's a war. Um, and I think our 
O line, D line, um, you know, God, I mean, we won, we won the um, uh, line of scrimmage battle, and um, it, it, it was it was so much fun. I had a blast. If I can follow up with a serious one, what was it like just watching the defense on the sideline? You know, Auburn got in the red zone, you know, two or three times a right. This was, you know, able to do it over their next each time. What's it like watching? Yeah, that I mean, that's just that's the resiliency that we've been talking about. Uh, we've got these four, um, you know, key culture things that we've been working on since I don't know, maybe January, and uh, resiliency is one of them. And you know, I mean, we defense got punched in the mouth a few times, but every single time in the red zone. Um, they bowed their necks and uh, stopped them, and it was it was awesome. Let's go to Anthony Dasher, followed by Gary Klenek. Hey, Devin, congratulations. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, even though you were, today you were, you know, minus uh, several more guys at wide receiver with injuries and everything, it still seemed like this offense uh, was able to kind of, I guess, continue that trajectory that Coach Smart talked uh, about a lot. I just want to kind of see if I get you to kind of address that kind of way you've got all offenses are right now. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, we've got to we've got to get those guys back. But I mean, I think I think it's it's a tribute to how this coaching staff recruits. I think it's a tribute to how, um, you know, just how it's always just make next man up. I mean, the games don't stop stop if if somebody's hurt. Doesn't matter who's hurt. Um, we still got to win this game. Um, and I think everybody bought into that. Uh, we knew there's there's some guys that are going to be out. And the guys who were in, um, I mean, we didn't really miss a beat. Uh, we, we kept things going the same way. And, I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome to watch. Gary, you got anything? Let's go to Seth Emerson, followed by Lance McCurley. Um, Stetson, with the, with the injuries going in and out of practice, like, how much does that affect you? You guys tend to know on Monday, Tuesday, who you're going to have, who you're not going to have, or, or do you get to like Thursday and Friday or even game day sometimes to kind of have to make things up on the fly? Um, no, I mean, we pretty much knew. Um, you know, that's that's mainly the coaching staff's job, um, what they want to call and what they don't, uh, depending on who's in there. Uh, but, I mean, it, it didn't seem like it mattered to me. I mean, we called, the, we called the same stuff that we would always call, and, you know, I mean, Lad. I mean, Lad freaking played a heck of a game. Um, they uh, they brought the safety down on his touchdown, and I mean, he stepped on his toes, took it deep, and I, I just let it fly and trusted him. Um, and I don't I don't think the game plan was really any different. Hey, Stetson, kind of talk about the point of your offensive line in this game and uh, how they were protect you, and how how big of this is a confidence booster heading forward uh, into next week's game. Um, yeah, I mean, they, especially at the end, um, I mean, I guess, I guess at the beginning they, it was, we, we threw the ball a, with a little bit more success than, than we ran it, and then, uh, and they protected the heck out of me. I, I, I think I got hit on a rollout, um, I got hit on an RPO, never got sacked. Uh, most of the drop back passes I really didn't, didn't have, you know, any pressure. Um, and then once the second half came around, we started rolling on them. Um, I mean, we just we just leaned on them, and they they didn't. Um, our O line just, I mean, God, they're so strong, so tough, and our backs are, are the best in the country. Time for two more questions. Let's go to Chip Towers and Mark Weiser. Stetson, I, I'm on a road trip trying to get some emotion out of you, but you know you can never. The great thing about sports, nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, at this point, can can you admit to yourself or to us? 
it's pretty cool how this thing has worked out. And you're, uh, you know, being the quarterback of record and, and really playing your tail off right now. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, you know, I try to I try to keep level. Um, it's never, in my opinion, it's never. Uh, I leave all the, I'll get juiced up sometimes, but I'll leave that to you know Jordan, who's gonna talk to y'all uh, when he when he tries to go kill somebody. Uh, I need to I need to keep a level head and you know make sure we execute our offense. But um, no, but it is it is fun. Congratulations. I know I feel like we get a version of this on occasion. Obviously, you're Georgia's starting quarterback. I guess until, you know, JT is healthy, I'm not sure. But we're trying to give you, we're trying to give you something to think about what you're planning just about, you know, victory. I'm sorry? You didn't hear any of that? No, well, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't hear the, uh, the question. I was asking about, you know, knowing that he may or may not be starting next week or the week after, like, do you try to put a body of work out there that makes a tough decision, or is it just about getting victory, I believe? No, I just, I just uh, think everybody on this team, we just, uh, we, try to, we try to win each game. So with the new AP polls coming out on Sunday, Georgia's next two games are now top 20 matchups as well. UK coming in at number 11. Uh, they visit Athens on Saturday, and then Florida in at number 20. Those two play in Jacksonville on the 30th. Uh, both of those games will be at 3.30 right here on WTOC. Savannah State with a big 39-6 win over Erskine College on Saturday night at home, now to move to 5-1. and one. So uh, they had another non-conference game before they kind of dive into that back half of their season. They've got homecoming coming up next week. The Tigers had 369 rushing yards, 446 yards of total offense. Devon Gibbons, D'Angelo Durham, Shamarcus Poole, and JT Hardage each rushed for a touchdown, and Anaj Carter caught a touchdown pass from Hardage. Here's head coach Sean Quinn and some of the players following that win. Well, I thought we played a lot more methodical tonight, and we still got a long way to go, but that's a lot better, a lot better for the second half especially. Anything you want to say? Hey, man, we got to keep the ball rolling. D'Angelo, talk about those three long drives you had in the first, uh, first half. Uh, we preach about in the offensive room, putting long drives together, uh, holding the ball, and we just performed that tonight. Um, anything you guys were doing special on third down? Oh, we had the same game plan. We've been having. I thought coaches made good adjustments. We added a few wrinkles uh, in the second half. People of zero blitzed us to death, and they did a good job. The, the offensive staff and the offensive unit have coming up with some little adjustments that I think really were paid dividends. And we'll take those long drives that kind of take the wind out of everybody's sails. And as an old defensive coach, I was happy to have those six-minute drives with touchdowns at the end. Best kind of defense you can play is when you're over here drinking Gatorade, so uh, or Powerade in our case. So it was good. Angela, what does it take? Well. What do you think it does to a defense when you just methodically go down the field like that? Uh, it takes is that the more satisfying. Yeah, it is. It's satisfying. It takes the heart out when they when they know they can't stop the run, they can't stop the pass. So it's a death of a thousand cuts, is what I call it. as a defensive coach. There's no worse way. It's just a slow, methodical. It's like a slow bleed. <laughs> so it was good. I, I know. Uh, Offensively, we hadn't played to the best of our ability, and we've had some problems, and it's good some things came up and some games we're able to still win, and so we're going to play some really good teams starting next week, and uh, we got to get better and better. And it's about the time we really groove in and, and gear in on all three phases. I thought tonight was much better across the board. You say you got to get better. What specifically do you want to see them improve on in this game? Uh, just finishing, just finishing. When we've got a lead and, and not letting another team come back in, there was a little momentum swing there, and then we handled it and got a good stop on defense, missed field goal, and then offense went down and scored. So just in the second half and, and just 
as teams, we've got a lead, just continue to build on that lead. I always talk to our guys about Clemson, especially Alabama, you know, it's 20 nothing, next thing you know, it's 40 to nothing. And having the ability to continue to distance ourselves and uh, just play our best ball. And, and we're still got a long way to go, but we're getting there. And I thought it was a good week of work. And usually that's a good result when you practice good. Well, you know, here's the thing. When you play the triple option, you're going to give up some yards. It's like playing uh, Loyola Marymount or the Golden State Warriors. You're going to give up some 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 stuff because they run the ball every snap. But uh, I thought tonight they did a really nice job, especially early on. They had one drive where they tempoed us, but I thought overall they didn't hit big plays. And if you can stop people running the ball, and I, we, we've talked all the time, if we win the turnover battle and we can outrush you, 99 out of 100 times we ought to win the football game. So that's we got to continue to follow that formula. Uh, we've talked about D'Angelo every week about how he's been getting better and better doing what you want to do, and you'll get a chance to respond to this. Did you see? Did you think he's played his best game? Or, or? You know, he's. I'm going to watch the film. I, I, I thought he ran with more reckless abandon. He made a great cut here. You know the play I'm talking about was a third and two, and you bounce it out the right side, and that's probably the best run he's had all year. And I have high expectations, and I guarantee you, nobody's got higher expectations than himself. And so when he expects to be great, you want him to run like that all the time. So he's Eric Dickerson and just a little better looking. So, But uh, he's, he's getting better, and, and we just, we're starting to hit our stride, and we got a long way to go and just keep working at it. What have you been working on, Daniel, each week? I've been working on the same thing, but the most biggest thing for me is the guys, my teammates, everybody in my room, they just push me, we push each other. So when I'm having a bad day or one of them having a bad day, we just stand behind each other and hold each other accountable. You know, we're not going to talk about them a whole lot, but our offensive line probably played its best game of the year. And I thought they really played well. And that's still a mesh unit. We play eight or nine guys, which most people only play five. So um, and that's a unit that's still kind of evolving. It's like a pot of gum, but we're trying to figure out the right sauce. And he'll tell you, the better they play, the better he'll run. So. You had to make some in-game adjustments when Dylan McLeod's helmet was having an issue. Yeah, well, they were pulling it off. So we, I, we, I worked the officials, and we got a 15-yarder there, an important drive. But uh, later on, they worked us a little bit. But that's just part of it sometimes. It's a physical game. It seemed like your quarterbacks were very patient. Nobody was forcing anything. Mm -hmm. You guys just say, Let's, we're, we're going to take what the defense gives us. Definitely, you got to be smart. There's old yin and yang theory. You got to take what people give you. And as a defensive coach, if they're going to sit there and play off, take the easy throws, easy runs. And I, I thought we did a better job of not make, having to make hard plays. And we talked about as often staff, hey, we got good players that are good in space. Let's give them a chance with, and then they'll make something happen versus having to make a really hard throw or a run that's not a good look. So take what they give us and let's run with it. You got conference games coming up the rest of the way until Edward Waters. So you got. We're gonna we're gonna enjoy tonight and focus in on Clark because it's the we're in the forest and we're just one tree at a time. We got to go with this next one and they're a good football team. They play us hard and uh, it's a conference game. Anything goes. So we just got to go back and get ready and prep and find a way to win the next one. Yes, yeah, so we are. Uh, we're gonna try to enjoy this yeah. one a little bit though, because they're hard to come by. Haven't been a lot of them, so <laughs> yeah. we'll enjoy this one for about an hour and then we'll get on to the next one. But uh, hey, hey, let's make it. Let's just keep going. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. yeah, one at a time. Georgia Southern went on the road to Troy and they fell 27-24. The Trojans built up a 24-3 lead early in the third quarter. Georgia Southern scored two touchdowns within two minutes midway through the third. It was looking good. A pair of Alex Rayner field goals in the fourth tied the game at 24. So Georgia Southern willed their way back into it. That is a good sign for Eagles fans. But the Trojans went on to kick a field goal with under two minutes to play. 
to get the win. Justin Tomlin went 15 of 22 for 210 yards and three interceptions. All of the Eagles' touchdowns came from the rush. And on the defensive side, Anthony Wilson had 11 tackles, a sack, and a tackle for loss. Georgia Southern, though, was held to under 100 yards rushing for just the sixth time since joining the FBS. They dropped to 2-4 and four overall, 1-2 and two in Sunbelt Conference play, and they've got a quick turnaround there at South Alabama on Thursday night. Georgia Tech in ACC play gets a road win over Duke, 31-27. They're now 3-3, three 2-2 and three, two and two in conference play. Jeff Sims, 12 of 25, passing for 297 yards and three touchdowns, but he did have two interceptions. He rushed for another 55 yards and a score, and in the SEC, South Carolina, Falls on the road at Tennessee, 45-20. to Bradwell alum Kevin Harris had 16 carries and 61 yards for two touchdowns. That's his best performance since coming back from injury. Uh, the Gamecocks now 3-3 three and three overall, 0-3 oh in the SEC. So Beamer waiting yet another week to try to get his first conference win as the Gamecocks head coach. That is your college football wrap-up. For this Monday, uh, we're going to have coverage from Georgia, Kentucky up in Athens coming up for you Saturday. And we'll talk to you later in the week for another end zone edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. For now, I'm WTOC Sports Director Lindsey Goff. Thank you guys for listening, subscribing, and downloading. We really appreciate it, and I will talk to you later in the week.